Welcome to Not Your Grandma's Podcast, the UFO conspiracy podcast where we conspire about UFOs. I'm your host, Kat. And I'm your host, E.T. <laughs> and today we will be continuing the healing power of UFOs, 300 true accounts of people healed by extraterrestrials. And must I say it's going to get better? <laughs> oh, very good. Because last time it was already good. It was pretty great. Let's see. To recap, last time we had lots of cases from Russia, which will continue today. And then there was the guy that said that he was impregnated an alien and had alien babies. But he like impregnated them when he was like eight, I think. Was that yeah, the yeah, age? yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> oh, the, boy the aliens didn't let him see his son. Yeah, no, he was banned. Anyway, so we're continuing today. I think we ended on chapter five, but apparently I didn't find anything very good between chapters six and seven. So we're skipping right on to chapter 10 today. And did I talk about an ear infection last time? Um, I don't remember, but I don't think so. Well, for our zero listeners that are listening to this back to back, then um, we're going to talk about an ear infection first. So chapter 10. Colds, flu, fevers, and infections. Yeah, I don't think we talked about so, this chapter at all. Okay, sweet. So here we go. Case number 14, ear infection. And this is from a reoccurring character. Today we're going to be talking about several reoccurring characters. Um, and one of them is Ry Let's see. Ry Rylka? Rylka? Yeah. That's his name. I don't remember if I actually um, include him multiple times, but he is there, and he has a wild time. So one winter in the early 1950s in New Jersey, Richard Reichla was then a young child, another reoccurring thing, <laughs> was playing outside in the snow with his friends. Anyway, they were slaying uh, down, the, down this thing, and the driver... Um, Let's see. It says, while racing down the hill, Reichlow was unable to steer and he crashed into a car. <laughs> um, so he went under the car and was knocked unconscious, which is pretty horrible. Anyway, by the time the driver found him, he was just like he had been laying in the snow for a while and his left ear was badly frostbitten and he had developed an ear infection, which destroyed his hearing. Let's see. His doctors considered performing a mastoidectomy. I think I said that right. But they instead decided to try a new drug called penicillin. Oh. <laughs> Let's see. Reichla had seen UFOs on several occasions. On a few occasions, he remembered going outside and being beamed messages from the aliens. As of yet, however, they had not visited him physically. As he was recovering in the hospital, Reichla was surprised when the ETs named Corin and Nepos came to his hospital room for the sole purpose of healing him. The aliens were only able to effect a partial cure. Using their own body energies, the aliens were able to get rid of the pain and pressure. After the aliens left, Rylka was still unable to hear out of that ear. But following several more doses of penicillin, his hearing returned. This was Rylka's, or Rylka's first visitation and first healing, though it wouldn't be long before more followed. <laughs> so... You may have noticed that it kind of sounds like he was in the hospital being treated and then he got better. <laughs> I love how these accounts range from the aliens completely cured me and brought me back to life to the aliens just kind of like made things a little bit it, better. They made it feel a little bit better <laughs> and then it got better after I thought the doctors fixed it. 
So it's pretty fun. I just thought that one was hilarious. Case 46 fever. Jerry Willis of Kentucky had his first contacts with extraterrestrials in 1965 when he was 12 years old. (laughs) So a child. (laughs) At that time, he would stay outside night after night watching starlight objects, blah, 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 blah. He saw a flying saucer. The next year, he was out in the woods and he was approached by a blonde-haired, blue-eyed stranger dressed in a beige jumpsuit with a silver belt. Is that not the most 1960s thing you've ever heard? (laughs) A beige jumpsuit with a silver belt. Oh, the man said his name was Zoe and that he was an extraterrestrial. So began a very complex series of contacts in which Wills was taught about science, history, philosophy, religion, and other subjects. The aliens visited him three to six times a month for more than five years. The teaching seemed to have been highly effective, for Wills has invented several items, including a sighting and control helmet for pilots, a virtual reality device, and a guardian crystal, which allegedly allows its users to detect auras. One, One of those things is not yet. like the other. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> In addition to teaching him many things, Will said that the aliens cured him when he was ill. That was nice of them. It was nighttime around 1968, and Wills was in his room suffering from a high fever. In the middle of the night, the aliens came and took him inside their ship. He was surprised to see some gray-type aliens. They told him telepathically to relax and let them do their work, and he was given an injection in each arm. The next morning wills woke up and found his fever was gone he recovered completely in less than a day although he has not had any other cures cures willis says that he still remains in contact with his alien friends years later wills has become a psychic healer (laughs) good for him i'm proud of him so let me see if i still have this pulled up yeah so i googled him because i was like that's just too wild like he invented a crystal for healing people um, and so I looked him up at sea and it basically retells his story and, um, he had a rock jam sec- session with, um, who is it? He had, okay. He had a rock jam session and you can watch it. It's on this blog spot here, lippard.blogspot.com from 2007. Anyway, they detail all of his, um, magical journeys he also has a book about him by author rod haberer titled healer the jerry wills story (laughs) which i feel like we should cover in the future this this series is giving us so much more new material to work with i really appreciate it it looks like the book this um article was from 2013 or from 2007 but the book didn't come out until 2013 so I am very excited to look into this further at some point. Let's see. Is this the only one I have up? Yeah. That, if you just want a good time, please look into Jerry Wills. It really is fun. He's been at this for a long time, since like the 80s. So there's a lot to uncover there. Maybe we'll go into some of his stuff sometime. But anyway, case number 132, yeast infection. And let me tell you, there are only three um, cases of yeast infections in this book. I know because at the end, there's a an analysis in which he lists each type of um, 
issue talked about in the book and there are only three yeast infections and we're going to talk about all three i'm sorry i'm surprised that there's even any but yeah go ahead so this one is about two reoccurring characters that most definitely are going to come back up again this is about sisters sherry and linda uh, they were put under hypnosis where they recalled that in 1988 they were taken into a spaceship and so here's a quote from linda they uh, both of them were cured of yeast infections this is case number 132 we'll get to number 131 which is um sherry's uh um what is the word where sherry is uh cured but linda says they use an instrument of some kind it looks like a big cotton ball on a stick you know how they take a throat culture it's kind of like that and they're swabbing me inside they're cleaning it out somehow swabbing it out they have this jelly-like substance that looks like aquamarine blue and it's clear it's transparent kind of sounds like um vape juice anyway i told them it feels cold they said that's to help freeze the bacteria and then they take it out so you may have noticed one inconsistency with that. You may not have because you're not a woman. <laughs> yeah. What, what? What's that? I I don't um, know. A yeast infection does not involve bacteria. Ah. If you have bad bacteria in your vagina, you have um, va- bac- bacteria vaginosis, I think is how you say it. But that wasn't mentioned. And I feel like he definitely would have mentioned it if it was relevant. But then again... Um, I don't think this is a man, so maybe he doesn't know about um, these sort of things. He wrote this. And then immediately after, we get our second um, story where she recalls that the same instance, the same incident through hypnosis, and she says she was analyzed by a huge machine and they put a cream inside her to kill the bacteria. And she had a, they both had a benevolent feeling about the aliens. I thought they were good. I mean, I feel like if aliens cured my yeast infection, I think they were pretty cool, too. Yeah, maybe it was harder to treat um, yeast infections back in 1988. Nowadays, it's just something you can get over the counter. But So that was Sherry and Linda. And now we're moving on to Bert and Denise Twigs of Hubbard, Oregon who are another reoccurring character. And this was not intended. I just was reading through and all of the good stories happened to involve all of these reoccurring characters. <laughs> so Bert and Denise Twigs, um, let's see, had long ago discovered that they were having contact with human-like aliens from Andromeda. Oh. <laughs> We're getting specific. On July 14th, 1989, Bert Twiggs was bedridden with a severe cold. What a bummer. He went to bed and his said his stomach began to hurt. His cough was bad because, you know, he had a cold. It wasn't Rona. They didn't have that back then in 89. Um, as soon as they went to bed, they noticed strange lights in their room. These lights often appeared at the onset of an encounter. That night, they were... They were to receive one of their most dramatic visitations. One of their... At 4 a.m. Oh, no, I can't. There's more. Trust me. At 4 a.m., Bert and Denise woke up with the memory of an alien house call. Bert remembered the aliens arriving and being very concerned about his illness. They claimed that his condition was actually near fatal and that they were, in fact, saving his life. Don't forget at the beginning of this that he just had a cold. (laughs) 
They gave him an injection on his arm and left. Only then did they allow the twigs to have a full conscious volition. They both woke up, and Bert was not surprised to see a needle mark in his arm, exactly where he had been given the injection. The next morning, his cold was noticeably improved, and, when with, and within 48 hours, it was completely gone. Ah, the normal span of time for a cold to go away. <laughs> that one. <laughs> oh man okay i need more mimosa you know i love how they don't lie about anything like they could say oh i was healed overnight but no they're just like yeah the cold went away within two days and it was the aliens like the only <laughs> the only inconsistency is the alien part <laughs> My favorite one was the one where the alien visited him during the car accident, and then, like, five years later, he eventually got better. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one for last. I just remember that one from last week. It just seems like they're not being malicious about it. They're just, like, it just seems like they're misguided. They're like, they just, they truly believe aliens healed them. Because I feel like if they wanted to lie about it, they could be like, yeah, I was healed instantly. But they're not lying about that, so oh, I, admi- I admire them for that. Got better. I I think it's more that these people are either mentally ill, or they're being taken advantage of by people that are inserting memories into their minds. Mm, they're being so, gaslit. I either way, because they're going under hypnosis and all this crap. So I. Either way, I think it's people being taken advantage of. This one, it starts out boring, but it gets better. Trust me. Okay, so case 81. Oh, so we're on chapter 11, intestinal healings. Case number 81, intestinal disease. My favorite type of disease. According to Swedish researcher Alv Holmquist, his friend, Henry, suffered for years from a disorder of the large intestines, which caused him considerable pain. He had this condition his entire life, and it worsened to the point that he thought he might die. <laughs> so um, Henry decided to travel to the Canary Islands. <laughs> Forgetting his whole life story. <laughs> which in, which in, uh, where he enjoyed a much warmer climate uh, in the hopes of improving his health. Because it's apparently like 1820. <laughs> 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 that's going to fix it. Like he has tuberculosis or something. In March of 1978, he was in a rented home on the westernmost of the Canary Islands when an apparent earthquake parent earthquake struck. He ran outside and saw three strange lights hovering over the nearby ocean. They emitted a powerful beam of light downward and then disappeared. Three days later, Henry was in his bedroom when a bright glowing figure entered. The figure asked him if he had seen anything unusual lately. Henry described his recent UFO encounter. <laughs> <laughs> the figure replied, and he didn't reply, of oh, this shit. <laughs> The figure replied that the lights were his craft and that they had come to prevent the earthquake from causing damage to the island. That was nice of them. He also told Henry, I come to help you with your debilitating illness. And he said he would return in a few days. As predicted, a few days later, Henry was alone in his room when three figures, including the first E.T., appeared. They walked to his bed and proceeded to perform a healing on him. According to Henry, his pain instantly disappeared as if by magic. The ETs explained that they had a base on the ocean floor and offered to give Henry a tour. He accepted and was taken to the underwater base. 
According to Henry, he was taken to a dome, which held, he was told, some 15,000 inhabitants. The E.T. said they had a total of seven bases and that their mission on Earth was to save humanity from destroying itself with technology. It sounds like your point is to protect that one island from earthquakes. (laughs) Henry said he had numerous visits with the E.T., eventually even visiting their planet. I like the idea that aliens have bases underwater that hold what fifteen thousand aliens each, and there's seven of them, and nobody has ever noticed. I like the fact he's been to an alien planet, <laughs> and no one knows but him in this guy. And quickly, we return to Linda in case number one thirty-four. Also. California abductee Linda, who was cured of a yeast infection in 1988, recalls seeing many other humans aboard the UFO being operated upon by aliens. She saw one man strapped to a table with a narrow metal instrument hovering over his midsection. When Linda asked what was wrong with the man, they told her that he had a stomach ulcer. They were curing the ulcer by generating energy and directing it to the proper location. Hmm. (laughs) So... Not only, so, okay, before it was like, okay, so Linda is under hypnotic regression telling her story. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure, whatever. But now Linda's just describing something that she saw happen supposedly to another person, and that counts as a separate case. <laughs> this is from the same encounter. <laughs> I wonder if Linda has her own book of alien encounters, and this person is pulling from that book for these stories. Oh, well, listen, case number 135, intestinal worms. Back to Linda. Oh, boy. (laughs) This is just the one right after it. During a 1988 encounter, California abductee. I'm glad that we need the same introduction. This is literally the one right after the other one. Saw another healing take place aboard the UFO. She saw a young girl being examined on a table by the aliens. They performed the standard physical examination and discovered that the girl suffered from intestinal worms. To cure the girl, they injected her abdomen. It looked like a big syringe in the stomach, Linda explains. They put salve in and carried her off the table. (laughs) That's it. That's the whole thing. I'm I'm glad that they abducted a woman just to get rid of her tapeworm. And who was that little girl? Albert Einstein. I was going to say Hillary Clinton. (laughs) That's a better joke. That's a better joke. (laughs) All right. And we return. This is maybe my favorite. This is definitely one of my top faves. So case number one or case number 252, Kaleidos. And this is a long one, but it's worth it. On January 12, 2008, the Worazeski family of Dubno in the Rovno region of Ukraine experienced a remarkable encounter. The family consisted of a 34-year-old Vladimir, a martial arts instructor and professional wrestler, his 29-year-old wife Olga, and their three children, Vanessa, age 9, Angelica, age 8, and Arthur, age 1. What an interesting selection of names. Vladimir, Olga, Vanessa, Angelica, and Arthur. Oh, that's so good. 
Okay. On that day, Vanessa and Angelica came home from a trip to the store, saying they had seen a flying star. The mother said they had probably saw a satellite or plane. Well, Olga knows what's up. Okay. But the girls said the object was flashing colored lights and insisted that their parents come outside and see it themselves. They see a um, strange object and they're like, and Olga's just like, it's stupid. Go away. And then her daughter wakes up Olga and Olga wakes up Vladimir and they look up. They look at the ceiling of their bedroom and discover, um, they see that the ceiling has disappeared or become transparent and above them is a UFO. Um, All of a sudden, Olga and Vladimir are paralyzed and they're pulled upward uh, Vladimir saw his wife rising to the sky and tried to catch her, but found himself suddenly inside a strange white room with his wife. About a dozen short humanoids appeared around them uh, with large heads. Uh, they're grays, and they've got three fingers. They wear tight overalls and face masks. <laughs> and the only thing they could see were their large black eyes. Um, and then there was one entity that was six feet tall, about twice the size of the others. That's how that works. Olga was put into a chair similar to one seen in a gynecological office. Vladimir uh, jumped up to protect his wife, but hit an invisible barrier. What's going on? He asked the figures. Nothing terrible, they replied telepathically. Soon you will be back home. I'm not satisfied with that, he answered. I'm glad he can remember all of the dialogue. (laughs) The aliens tried to approach him several times, but Vladimir used his martial arts techniques to keep them away. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yes i'm so proud of him okay now i remember why i thought this was russian speaking telepathically with a mixture of ukrainian and russian they spoke to him asking him why he resisted they then placed four metal rods into his chest area rendering him totally unable to move lying on the table table olga watched as the aliens mysteriously opened up a wide incision in her abdomen she could see the inside of her body as they poked around um they spoke to her telepathically to calm her down and they said they weren't gonna hurt her um olga was struck by their polite bedside manner afterwards they sewed up her stomach as mysteriously as they opened it no trace of the incision was visible that's good because it didn't happen (laughs) one of the et spoke with vladimir telling him telling him that their society was a collective and each person has a strictly divine social role and that they live largely underground not in the ocean that's good the et said that olga's procedure had to be done and that he apologized for the medical suffering he promised them an excursion as a compensation they placed him in a smaller ship and took him to see the andromeda nebula or galaxy how nice of them He told Vladimir that they are interested in humans because of their emotions. At one point, they tried to persuade Vladimir to procreate with one of their females. He refused at first until the ET changed its ex- ex- the ET changed its appearance into that of a beautiful woman. Now, however, <laughs> Olga protested. The ET seemed confused and asked her why she had to explain to them about her feelings of jealousy. The ETs were surprised and asked them how they survived with emotions. They told them that they were currently a, there is currently a war going on in space and many other things. <laughs> what are the things? I want to know. <laughs> At some point, Vladimir and Olga lost consciousness. The next morning, Olga immediately started talking about the strange alien dream she had. Vladimir was shocked when he recalled the exact same details as his wife. Both of them became convinced that their experience was reality and not a dream. Um... So they got all this information from a hypnotic regression. 
Um, and they talked about how everything became invisible because it was actually plasma. <laughs> Uh, most incredible, however, were the physiological effects which resulted from the encounter. Vladimir's hair that was going gray turned black again and his physical powers of endurance increased. Olga was cured of her chronic colitis, which had acquired it and also acquired an un a unique ability. By placing the palm of her hand against their forehead for two or three minutes, she could make a drunken person sober. <laughs> what an oddly specific ability, but I guess that's really good for a Russian. Uh, they're not Russian, they're Ukrainian. Well But um We can't we're we're um we're going to what's the word? We're gonna make all of the Ukrainian audience we have hate us. But um what was I gonna say? This sounds like a movie script, honestly. <laughs> I love how much of this has literally zero to do with her getting healed. <laughs> It's like, so specific. It. I love it. Yeah. All of it. There's literally one sentence at the end where they mention it. And then they say that she can make people sober. Like, it's great. I love it so much. Also, Vladimir used his martial art techniques to keep them away. Also, Vladimir was DTF with an alien. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> All right, this one's great. Okay, case number 84, eye infection. This is from chapter 12, Alien Eye Doctors. According to the Centro Pariblan, okay, Paribiano de Ufologica, one evening in 1978, an anonymous gentleman from... Mm, Brazil <laughs> woke up in bed to see two beings standing next to his bed. One held a crystal vase with a blue liquid. Um, basically, they told the gentleman, who is not named, that they're going to cure him of a festering eye problem. He was terrified and said no, at which point the humanoids walked through the wall and vanished. While the healing didn't actually take place, the ETs did make the offer. <laughs> <laughs> so there wasn't even a healing here. I just <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we get back to the Twigs family. <laughs> In case number 148, Sty. In December 1989, Christopher, the son of Bert and Denise Twigs of Hubbard, Oregon, were taken on board a UFO along with his family. <laughs> The reason for the visit? Christopher had developed a sty in his eye. <laughs> Denise knew about the sty and planned to take Christopher to the doctor the following day. However, the Androm doctors beat her to it. So these are also from Andromeda. Christopher was sent to the alien examination room for treatment. Writes Denise, after a trip to the medical room aboard ship, his eye was nearly healed the next day. Both Denise and Bert had already received healings. This was Christopher's second healing. Earlier, he had been treated by the aliens for asthma. <laughs> <laughs> These people don't even need health care. They just get hit. The aliens hit them up, you know? I know. I need the aliens to visit me and my family. <laughs> We're going to skip right over chapter 13, alien dentists. There weren't any good ones there. I mean, they're good, but we're not... We're going to skip over those. And then there's chapter 14, the okay. system. Um, 
the largest i think that's the skin yeah that's the skin so did i check did i pick any i didn't pick any of those and then we move on to part three healings of serious illnesses and diseases chapter 15 the liver okay and we're back to linda very good as an adult abductee linda x of california was healed aboard a ufo of a yeast infection as a child she had her first healing linda fell down and damaged her liver this left the organ very weak and vulnerable to dangerous infections how do you do how do you fall down and damage your liver i'm I'm not saying it's impossible but just like more details maybe she fell like on something sharp that punctured it who knows i don't know i don't know it doesn't matter the ets heal it so as a child this caused her many health problems unknown to her at the time linda was being regularly treated by the extraterrestrials upon hypnosis she was surprised to find out that they had been carrying and administering medicine to her for a long time as she says over the years they have been slowly refurbishing as if just as if building like building it up the self penetrates the whole body and generates new cells that will fight the infection and it will turn and give a new life and give new life in my body that did not um at all talk about her liver except to talk about how she did have a liver disease or <laughs> liver problems at some point all right so this is oh whoops Case number 54, liver disease. So in the 1950s, we got Gilbert Kalmus, a radio technician, because that's important, was driving when he saw, quote, three giant-sized ant-like creatures crawling up an embankment. (laughs) His car was taken up in a beam of light, and then he got home, and there were yellow rectangles on his abdomen that eventually faded away. He was spooked, so he called investigators, who found some crushed dandelions and 12-foot-long footprints. And then, like, Wow. He also noticed that he was cured of liver disease. <laughs> I'm not reading that as a quote. That's just, that's, I, I wrote a little blurb about it. But seriously, at the end, there's one sentence. It just says, following the incident, his headache stopped and his liver ailment was apparently cured. Like, that's it. <laughs> oh, wait, I quoted that wrong. They found large footprints measuring 16 inches long. Oh, I was like, 12-foot-long footprints? That's a big alien. Oh, also, I read this wrong. It also appeared as if a large portions of dandelions had been picked from the field. So they weren't even crushed. They were just picked. Aliens love dandelions. (laughs) You know, giant-sized ant-like dandelion-picking aliens. I'm putting that in the show notes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's one of my favorites as well. All right. And on to chapter 17, the heart. I love case number. F- sorry. <laughs> um, I was like, I love how these are all very good cases of creative writing. Like if these people pursued a, a, a career in fiction, I think they could do very well. It would be nice. All right. So this one's got a lot of really hard names. So I'm not sure why I picked it, but it's going to be okay. So Victor Kostrykin became interested in UFOs in August of 1962 when he watched an unidentified glowing object zigzagging over the Blagovest 
Chika Prokladnensky region of Ka- Kabardino, Balkaria, in the Caucasus mountain ranges in Russia. Oh my God. Okay. You got it. Following the, following the sighting, he began to take groups of people out to see UFOs. Discouraging, discourage, discouraged that they weren't taking the outing seriously, he went out on his own. So he goes out hiking near the mountain village of Hushtoskrit by the Chegem Gorge, uh, where there's high activity. And um, he saw an alien next to a UFO, and he went inside. It was wearing silvery overalls, if that's important. Um, Inside, he saw advanced computer-like equipment and furniture that melded with the walls and floors. Other humanoid figures were aboard the craft, each of them so similar to each other that they looked like twins. Um, So he's approached by a alien wearing gloves who says... um, Let's see. Thrust his gloved hand into his chest, through his shirt and skin and bones. Oh, like Indiana Jones. (laughs) That's really what I was thinking. Um, He said he didn't feel any pain. Um, He felt the hand reach his heart, and he felt a strange pain, and he screamed. And the figure withdrew his hand, and then he experienced many other bizarre episodes and was finally released from the object several miles from where he had been picked up. What are the other episodes? I want to know. Before the encounter, he had suffered from a heart defect his entire life. Following the experience, his defect disappeared. Um, after He also reports a number of other changes. After the encounter, he kept hearing other people's thoughts. It became so pronounced that he could no longer ride the train to work. Other changes followed, including instances of telekinesis, precognition of disasters, and psychic healing. I like psychic healing seems to be a very common side effect of having an alien abduct you. Basically, Jesus aliens. Yeah. Also, I wish the aliens would come and heal my heart defect. It'd be nice. Me too. You have a heart defect? Yeah, I have a murmur. Really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. And your parents let you play baseball as a kid. Soccer. (laughs) Or soccer. (laughs) I forgot. Soccer. All right. Case number 109 heart disease. In 1985, Marina Luconina, a resident of Olbanisk in the Kal- okay, Kaluga region of Russia, experienced an extensive encounter with seven-foot-tall aliens from the constellation of Libra. The ET ship landed outside of her town, and she was invited on board. They placed her in a deep armchair and transported her to their planet, which they called Shara. They spoke to her telepathically, telling... saying that they lived for about 400 years. Upon arriving in Sara, Luconia... Okay, Luconina? Yeah, Luconina met more giant ETs, uh, some nine feet tall or more. Um, They performed an energetic surgery to cure her of her heart disease. Not only did they cure her, but they trained her to perform energetic healings on other people. Then they returned Luconina back to Earth, where Luconina became deeply involved in non-traditional healing methods. She performed a number of blood... blood, god she performed a number of bloodless surgical procedures telling her patient patients that the method she used had been taught to her by her alien contacts well so i really like these ones from russia and eastern europe i feel like they're more fun <laughs> yeah they're the russians have wild imaginations that's for sure it's probably fueled by vodka they're probably all from like the same book about Russian aliens. I didn't look up any of his sources, but they'll probably be good. Um, we can use them later for more material. All right. Chapter 18, The Lungs. 
Ooh, very good. This one's short. Case number, oh yeah, case number four, pneumonia. From the case files of John Mack, MD. In 1942, Edward Carlos, age five, <laughs> of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, developed a severe case of rest- respiratory pneumonia. He had had a high fever and was in a near coma. The illness was too much for Carlos to bear, and he had an out-of-body experience. Outside his body, he found himself surrounded by gray aliens. His astral body was placed horizontally, and beams of light were shown upon it. The light, said Carlos, were like laser beams coming into my body through the soles of my feet and hands and possibly through the whole body, expanding and changing color as the light grew to fit the whole body interior, thereby healing it, as often five-year-olds describe things. Um, The light was yellow in the middle and surrounded by concentric layers of red, blue, and green. After the procedure was finished, Carlos was returned to his body. His fever broke and he came out of the coma. I feel like he had a very intense fever dream. (laughs) Yeah, and he was also in a fucking coma where people are known to have these problems. Uh, Okay. All right, are you ready? mm Mm-hmm. Okay, we're back to our friends, (laughs) the Twigs. They have the perfect last name. Like (laughs) two G's, by the way. No, not three F's, but two G's. Not three F's. Or four F's. Not four F's, but two G's. Okay. Very good. Okay. Case number 145, asthma. The Twix family of Hubbard, Oregon. We know where they're from. <laughs> Have received several cures, including a C-section scar, a back injury, colitis, and a sty. The Twig's daughter, Stacy, suffers from severe asthma. On October 15th, 1989, during the evening, Stacy's asthma was acting up. In the middle of the night, she was taken on board the UFO and treated. The aliens explained that the asthma was caused mostly by pollution and that the only real cure would be clean air. They also gave her, quote, some medicine to help her through her current attack. In January of 1990, Stacy suffered another severe asthma attack. She was taken aboard, and the alien doctor said that there was little that could be done and that the attacks would get worse. The next day, Stacy's lung capacity was reduced to a dangerous 20%. By the time Stacy made it to the hospital, one lung was in the process of collapsing. The human doctor confirmed what the alien doctors had already said. There was little that could be done except to keep her on medication. Still, the alien doctors did what they could. The androne doctors saw her each night, said Denise. He was monitoring the Earth doctor's orders. He also added some of his own medicine to her recovery. But I thought he said nothing could be done. So what medicine is he giving her? I like how her oh. case is so severe. Even the aliens are like, that. you know, we did the best we just we need better air. <laughs> Sounds like they should have moved their asses over to um somewhere better. All right. All right. So what happened to her? Did she get healed? No. She just lost her fucking lung. That's it. That's the whole story. She died? or (laughs) She didn't die. She just lost her lung. You can lose a lung and not die. Okay. So sad. I guess that's not really alien healing. (laughs) Sorry. No, they just told her. You're in big trouble, bitch. And then they went to the doctor. The doctor said the same shit. <laughs> uh. All right. Case number 300. Asthma. I am asthmatic, writes the witness. I have been having a really hard time. When I woke up, remembering they came that night, I was breathing perfectly. It was improved for quite a while after that. And that's it. That's the whole thing. That's the whole story. 
<laughs> That's the whole thing. Man, we gotta hit. We gotta get Ashley in on this. Tell her that she can get her asthma better with alien help. For real. <laughs> I like that one. It's just one sentence. It's basically like it got better for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we can tell Ashley's like the aliens can't cure it, but they can make it better for a little bit. <laughs> Well, asthma didn't go so well, but in chapter 19, arthritis and chronic fatigue syndrome, maybe we'll have better luck. All right. So uh, this is one that I wrote some notes on. So this is case number 96, rheumatic fever. Um, Do you know what rheumatoid arthritis is? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, For anyone that doesn't know, Google it. So in 1980... (laughs) In 1980, Ivan Riviera Morales of Puerto Rico was in the hospital with rheumatic fever, and then he was sent home because the doctors were just like, we've done all we can do for you. He was laying in bed, and suddenly two aliens transported him in a UFO that then dived into the ocean to an underwater base. He was given a bitter drink, and some semen samples were taken. When he woke up in bed, his rheumatism was not cured, but the pain had subsided and the fever had broken. (laughs) I'm, so, I'm glad they needed his semen to do that. <laughs> they needed his semen and to take him to an underground water base. So there's a base near the Canary Islands and there's one near Puerto Rico. So we've determined that. And then we have case number 136, bursitis. And I don't actually know what that is. And I should have Googled it, but I didn't. So we're going to Google it now. On the fly googling. Bursitis. Okay, bursitis is inflammation of the fluid joining. Okay, fluid filled sacs in the joints. So it's inflammation. Okay. Uh, We're back to Linda. Uh, California abductee Linda, who was healed of a yeast infection in 1988, also observed many other healings, including one of bursitis. While on board the UFO, Linda saw a large, dark haired man being examined by the aliens they told her that the man suffered from a bursitis like condition in which his left shoulder dislocates and becomes swollen they tested the mobility of the man's arm by raising it finally they cured his condition using an instrument with a pulsing light (laughs) and that's it that's it okay wow (laughs) linda linda saw it one time in 1988 when the doctors were curing her yeast infection and that was it Okay. I feel like we're getting like like scraping the bottom of the barrel now. Like Oh well. <laughs> you think that's <laughs> you think that's scraping the bottle of the barrel. <laughs> Listen to this. Case number one thirty seven, hip pain. During her nineteen eighty eight abduction, Linda saw a young boy being examined. The aliens told her that the boy suffered from chronic hip problems on his right side and that the bones were deteriorating. He walked with a pronounced limp. Linda watched as the aliens placed a large L-shaped instrument over the boy and emitted green. it emitted green, yellow, and blue, and pink, and white light, which Linda was told would promote new cell growth. After the operation, he got off the table, still limping, but much improved. <laughs> they didn't even cure him. God damn it, aliens. Why? <laughs> They're so bad at their job. They really are. Okay, so now we're on to one of my favorite chapters. <laughs> we're going to read a lot of these because I think they're so great. 
I'm this ready. This is chapter 20. Basically, um, <laughs> the Jesus chapter, it's about infertility. Oh, no. <laughs> case number 59, infertility. This case, investigated by Barbara Lamb, occurred, occurred to an anonymous female in Florida in 1972. Really starting off well. It happened 50 years ago to... <laughs> To an anonymous person. <laughs> There's another woman who's not a regular client, but I've had long conversations with her, Lamb says. It just keeps getting better. She had all kinds of reproductive problems. She was not able to conceive a baby, which she and her husband really wanted to do. They had done all the testing and she wasn't able to get pregnant. They did that for a couple years. Then he woke up one night to find that there was this large being having sex with his right wife right next to him in bed. <laughs> right next to him in the same bed. He started to get up and they sort of zoinked him out. Zoinked? I read that wrong. Zonked him out. That makes more sense, but it's not as good. And he couldn't move, but he still had his eyes open and he could see what was going on. That's not very nice. <laughs> they should have just knocked him out. There were two beings in the room and they were big and tall. One of them was definitely on top of his wife having sex with her. She looked like she was deeply asleep, but also having a tremendous amount of pleasure. <laughs> Cucked by an alien. You can't have a baby because you can't make your wife come, <laughs> Tom. <laughs> that is alien healing. Uh, both of them now both of them forget that for probably about 19 years. <laughs> and then the husband who witnessed this started to remember. He did a regression. He got the details of it. And then of course he told his wife and she began to remember some of it too and remember other encounters. <laughs> To make a long story short, at a certain point, the extraterrestrial said to her in one of her experiences, now you have given us two sons through this mating procedure, and now we will allow you to have two children. So they did whatever they did and cleared up her reproductive dif difficulties. She was then able to conceive and bear two children whom I met. They were teenagers when I met them, and they were just fine. Very human and normal. <laughs> Very human and normal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't I had this mental image of the husband like sitting at his um sitting at like a chair in his chair in the living room or something and then like his fist slightly curling and he's like wait an alien fucked my wife <laughs> he, he glances at his children playing on the floor <laughs> and he thinks <laughs> they don't look like me. <laughs> they have gray skin. <laughs> Honey, have you ever noticed the children are only three feet tall and only have three fingers on each hand? <laughs> and have you noticed how they wear tight beige jumpsuits with silver belts? <laughs> Ooh, that's a callback <laughs> to earlier in the episode. I have a very good memory, Caleb. I'll let you know. I'll have Okay, so, case number 155, infertility. One day, Durrell of Chicago, Illinois, saw a UFO, a uh, date not given, circa 1980s. Shortly following the sighting, two mysterious beings appeared. They said their names were Lita and Gamal, and they told Doriel 
that they wanted to incarnate through Doriel and that she was one of them and that she would be perfect for bearing a child. Unfortunately, Doriel had been diagnosed with infertility. I think we should just start calling her Mary from now on, but her doctor told her for no uncertain terms that she could never get pregnant. Uh, let's see. Wait, did her name just change? <laughs> her name just changed to Doris. <laughs> well, okay. Doris was told by the aliens, however, that she could become pregnant in six months. Six months later, the aliens' prediction came true. Doriel became inexplicably pregnant. Nine months later, she had a baby girl by natural childbirth. Because of the unusual conditions involving her baby's conception, she gave her the middle name Lita. L'Oreal believes that the ETs cured her of her infertility, and she has her daughter to prove it. Physiologically speaking, Doriel says, I have been told that I would be unable to ever become pregnant so this lady um, messed up by um only getting this story put in a book about aliens and not starting a whole religion off of it like someone else managed to do now if it's said in there and she was a virgin then yeah no it'd be like whoa <laughs> just, how do you inexplicably become pregnant if you're having sex like how it works <laughs> okay uh this one's great uh case 302 infertility a brief undated case from the files of f-r-e-e -E. i don't know what that is it was 20 years ago that i was told i could not have children in my annual exam after my abduction experience my doctor said she couldn't believe why but i can now get pregnant <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> that's it it's the whole time at the end of this chapter, it says the ET's interest in the reproductive health of humans shows that there is little danger of humans going extinct anytime soon. Well, that's good news. <laughs> the greys and other races have been collecting human reproductive material for a very long time. <laughs> Even if humans should become extinct on Earth, the human race itself will continue elsewhere. Oh... I'm glad that our I'm glad that our future is protected. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I'm having a great time. Where are we at? Okay, we're at an hour, but you had that little you had to go hang out with your dad. Yeah. So I'll try to move it along. Alright, chapter twenty one, tumors and cysts. This one's short. Uh case one thirty eight tumor. The reported abductions and healings of California abductee Linda have been recounted elsewhere in this book. In 1988, Linda witnessed the healing of many other people. One of the healings she saw involved a man healed of his tumor. <laughs> the man with the tumor lay on a table. The alien held a small circular item over the man's tumor, which quickly began to disappear. They're pulsing it to shrink the tumor, Linda explains, and I can almost see the tumor shrinking as they're working on it. After the tumor was gone, the man got off the table and another patient came to be examined for health problems. <laughs> um, right after that, um, Ralka, from the first story tonight, um, he also is, he is visited by Corin and Nepos again to visit, to uh, cure a tumor. <laughs> Does, so. does Linda have her own book? It seems like Linda should have her own book. No, Linda, they're literally pulling every single one of those from one hypnotic regression where Linda supposedly describes this. Hmm. So, yeah, so it's just people taking advantage of poor, vulnerable people. Poor old Linda. 
I support Let's Linda. Let's see here. So, we're on chapter 22. Serious illnesses and chronic diseases. Case 63. Undescribed illness. <laughs> Un we just don't know what it is. In October 1973, in the small town of Lehigh, Utah, Pat Roach and three of her seven children <laughs> experienced a simultaneous UFO abduction. All of them except the youngest experienced a period of missing time and only remembers the experience under hypnosis. The case was investigated by several well-known UFO researchers, including James Harder, PhD, Kevin Randall, and Coral and Jim Lorenzen. They performed hypnosis on the witnesses, and typical abduction scenario was revealed. Um, the youngest child, Debbie Dottie Roach. <laughs> that is an unfortunate last name. Uh, retained a full conscious memory of the event. Right after it occurred, Pat Roach assumed there had been a prowler. Debbie said, there were spacemen. They didn't make me forget. They told me not to tell anyone except those in my family. <laughs> I want to know how old this kid was when this happened. Debbie then gave a detailed description of the aliens, the ship, and what happened when they were all taken on board. According to Debbie, they were all told to get on a machine. Debbie, who had been very ill all of her life, was told by the aliens that she would be healed. The one that stood in the corner asked my name, and he said I wouldn't be sick anymore. Pat had said that Debbie had been very sick before the aliens arrived, and they had done something to or for her. The sickness was gone after the aliens left. Uh. Well. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's just great. Let's see. So I'll just keep going here. Oh, where's my next one? You look at my notes here. Appendicitis. Chapter 305, appendix, or case 305. Sorry. Are there any cases of aliens healing mental disorders, or are they all physical? Uh, I think there's a chapter for that. Let me see. I'm going to have to look at the list here. Um, well, okay, there's a... Okay, so I'll include one I wasn't gonna going to eventually. Case 305, appendicitis. One of my sisters was ill. She would get sick and in pain. Later, we found out that her appendix was removed. But she never had surgery to remove her appendix. Why? <laughs> no, it was gone, but they never oh. had it removed. It's like an episode of The Twilight Zone. Bum, bum, bum. And um, speaking of um, mental disorders, within this chapter, we have case 306, suicidal depression. I believe the contact experience was healing me. I have been seeing a psychologist about suicidal thoughts, but after contact... I didn't have any suicidal thoughts anymore. Well, amazing. I mean, I'm happy for them. I don't know who that is. They don't say who it is. It's just literally a quote with no nothing around it. So I don't know what to say about that other than I guess I should investigate it some more. I think it's kind of funny out of context, though, to just have these random ones where there's just quotes <laughs> for no reason. All right. <clears throat> And once again, we return to the Twig family. Case 229, lung cancer. <laughs> These guys are my favorite family. I like them. Yeah. Elizabeth was one of the many friends who Bert and Denise Twigs have seen on board the Andro mothership. On one occasion from in the 1990s, Elizabeth witnessed Bert being cured of cancer. He didn't even know he had. <laughs> 
Good for him. Secret cancer. Secret cancer. That's my new band name. Put it on the list. Elizabeth clearly remembered that the aliens diagnosed Bert with lung cancer. They promptly performed surgery and removed the cancer from the lung in which it had appeared. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's so good. I'm, I'm. Good. That one's so funny because it's like. It's so easy to lie about that. You don't. You didn't know you had cancer, but the aliens cured it. Good for you. Just like uh, the aliens cured my cancer. Just so, just like yeah. My little brother. I know he's listening to this. I just wanted to let you know, Sean. We never told you, but you, <laughs> the aliens cured your childhood leukemia. It wasn't the doctors. <laughs> It was the aliens. I saw them. They came to me in a dream. <laughs> All right. Case 257. Leukemia cancer. Oh, speaking of leukemia. All right. This story's about this Sean. This is wild. It really is. This is, ac- this is actually about you, Sean. I just want to let you know. According to UFO researchers, John Von Allen and Willie Denard... In February 2009, a fantastic UFO contact took place in the Pyrenees Children's Hospital in in Andorra, Spain. They interviewed 14 doctors and staff members who told them that extraterrestrials appeared in the cancer ward of the hospital where they performed cures on four children who were terminal and about to die. The ETs were seen by all who were present and described as about four and a half feet tall with large heads, large almond-shaped eyes, and brownish skin. Nurse Lupe... Montoya was working on in the pediatric oncology ward when the first visit occurred. I was filling out reports when I looked up and saw two little creatures as they moved toward me along the corridor. <laughs> At first, I thought that two of the boys were out of their beds, so I got up to bring them back to their rooms. But when I approached, I saw they were not human and did not look like something that is on this planet. I was scared because it seemed so strange. But at the same time, I felt a feeling... I was sensing kindness, love, and intelligence in the strange eyes. <laughs> Montoya reached as two beings, watched as two beings, walked into the room of a seven-year-old Juan Lopez, who is at the end stages of leukemia and expected to die within the week. She called for the security guards and called over Dr. Tomas Ru- Ruiz, Ruiz, who was treating another patient. Says Ruiz, when we entered the room and saw the small Juan, he was bathed in a shining golden light. The aliens were standing next to his bed. There seemed to be a mystic bond between them and the boy. One of the beings touched the front of Juan gently with his long finger. Oh, no. Ichigo. <laughs> Did his finger have a glowing a- light on the end of it? Probably, and he was immediately surrounded in an aura of light. Yep. The two beings exited the room and left the hospital as mysteriously as they arrived. Dr. Ruiz immediately performed x-rays and blood tests on the seven-year-old Juan. To their amazement, the boy was completely free of cancer, healed. Um, so that was um, just the beginning. They also healed. <laughs> they kept returning over the course of a month. Um it, it was nine-year-old Maria M- Munoz, eight-year-old Anita Pena, and nine-year-old Hector Gomez. Huh. Or Hector, I think would be the more 
Spanishy way to say that the since more, they're in Spain. The more Spanishy way. And we keep going. There's more cancers, but that one was way better. That one had 14 witnesses of a whole two were quoted. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So that's the last, actually, of the ones I selected. Um, I have some bonus ones from the at the end here, though. Okay. So... I'm ready. Um, so that was so that was through chapter 23. But after chapter 23, we get into some of the more um we get into chapter 24, health upgrades. <laughs> <laughs> um health grade upgrades are basically when it's it's like you get a little extra heart on your um your health. Ah, your life. get an HP like upgrade. HP upgrade. And I just I just pick some of my favorites, and my favorites are reptilians. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so reptilian health upgrade. Ever since he was a child, Daryl experienced weird lights and apparitions in his home in Ohio. <laughs> Around age eighteen, says Daryl, it started turning into physical abductions at night and randomly seeing craft periodically. This carried on throughout my life until the age of 32. At the age of 32, it turned into something completely different. <laughs> it happened suddenly at the beginning of 2016. Daryl began to see orbs of light around him and sensed an undefinable energy. It's an energy that I do not completely understand, he says. It's part of me and incomparable to anything I've ever seen. Blah, 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 blah. So he has this energy going through him. Um, so he's... <laughs> His transformation starts taking place. He's being changed by the energy. Um, I felt a spark jump and it shocked. Okay, there was an. Is this some uh, furry stuff? My arm. <laughs> Sounds like furry stuff. <laughs> his eyes glow different. There's more energy in your in his soul than before. <laughs> There's a lot of energy work going on in my chakras while lying in bed at night. <laughs> uh, so the aliens. Um, the race of aliens I'm in contact with are the reptilians. Using holographic images to communicate, the reptilians told him they evolved from velociraptors and that there is some kind of war going on within their society. Some kind of war is in, is in quotes. I don't know, just some some kind of war or whatever. <laughs> they, they said that Daryl was a reptilian-human hybrid. <laughs> there were many hybrids, they said. But most weren't evolved enough mentally, physically, or spiritually, and that they were brainwashed by religion and fear <laughs> of reptilians, and that many had been killed. As of now, says Daryl, there's only a handful of awakened, empowered hybrids. So there it is. I'm in direct contact with reptilians. They exist, and we've formed a bond. They're really good to me. They guide, protect, and upgrade me. <laughs> I can always tell, he says, so he can tell when people are reptilians. And he says, I can always tell when it's one of them because the women are always perfect with a glow to them and stars in their eyes. <laughs> I love having perfect women. <laughs> oh, oh. Reptilian medical advice. This is some furry stuff. I knew it. In, late in the evening of November 12, 2008, Lisa, a resident of New York State, prepared for bed. It had been a good day of work and she had no reason except no reason 
expect anything unusual. However, no sooner did she climb into bed when she felt she had been struck by a mysterious whirlwind. And then suddenly she's next to a highway. And then she's surrounded in light. And then it's glowing above her. And she looked to the right and she saw a hybrid reptilian half human half lizard speaking telepathically and he says someone wants to meet you so she's walking with the hybrid towards a red van and then the ufo follows inside the van is another hybrid and the first reptilian said this is jason (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry oh no this is jason the being looked at lisa and said If you love nature so much, why are you destroying it? (laughs) You have a lot to answer for. (laughs) The next thing Lisa remembers, she was back in bed and the experience was over. (laughs) Okay, so then a a few months later, she links back up telepathically with Jason. And she says, where are you? And he says, in a craft nearby. And he told her that he came back to finish what he had tried to tell her earlier, but was unable to do because of her fear of him. I love you. Jason. <laughs> oh, it gets better. Okay, you're not ready. Oh. So. <laughs> Jason proceeded to tell Sarah. <laughs> Sarah, I thought her name was Lisa. <laughs> I never even noticed this before. Who the fuck is this? Jason proceeded to provide Sarah with a dozen spiritual aphorisms. He told, he said that his race loves God and that she should love God with all the might of her soul. God is evolution, he told her, and that he creates all things and there is no such thing as sin. He said that humans are the descendants of another ET race and that. Jason's rate is envious because humans are more numerous than his race. He said over-harvesting of our crops is destroying them and depleting our planet. He told her that although his race comes in peace, others may not. He also claimed that his race contacted the Jewish people in ancient Egypt and taught them. (laughs) Israeli aliens. At least he didn't say that Jewish people are aliens, <laughs> so that's an improvement. Finally, he had advice for caring about the human body, including the importance of bowel movements, and that <laughs> all diseases created in the mind, thought of in the mind, and cures in the mind. That was the last I heard of him, said Lisa. After our last encounter, I woke up one evening to a large luminescent orb overlooking my bed, It was a little bigger than a basketball. It hovered, a bright light, and then in an instant, it shot left out the window. (laughs) It was closed. (laughs) A closed window? Whoa! (laughs) I like how that seems to imply that aliens and angels are the same people. Um, the next one I'm not going to read, but it's just entitled Upgraded, and it's about someone with Asperger's that goes off their antidepressant because of aliens, and it became more manageable. <laughs> yeah, that sounds healthy. <laughs> <laughs> the 
there's also one okay so that there's chapter 50 25 sorry chapter 25 even the animals <laughs> um in which animals are healed <laughs> um there's one horse one chicken and a bunch of dogs but what i found most interesting was extraterrestrial gardeners (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) space farmers he actually references another book that he wrote (laughs) called not from here volume two there's multiple of these (laughs) Uh, uh there was a forestry worker um that he saw a ufo and then later was visited oh shit i just turned off my tablet i'm a dumbass um she was visited by an alien who said that the poplar trees in the forest were very sick and then gave explanations on how to cure various tree diseases what are the explanations tell us i want to know you don't get specifics and then um in 1991 um someone in Ireland, had a UFO hover over her garden and sent down a beam of light. And then the next morning, discovered her plants had acquired about three weeks of growth overnight. And there's another one um, where a UFO hovered over some weeds that all surpassed the others in size. (laughs) Okay, this one's my favorite thing in the whole world. Okay, you ready? Yeah. I'm going to read this one word for word. Okay, in 1967, the James family of Colorado was growing a carrot. (laughs) One carrot by the window in their trailer. (laughs) One evening, a UFO hovered overhead, sending down a powerful beam of light. The next morning, the carrot, which had just started to sprout before the incident, was completely transformed. Something drastic and truly puzzling had happened to it, for the carrot did not resemble a carrot any longer. It had spread out, as if having grown for weeks in a tempered professional hothouse. Roots were everywhere, running outside the dish and reaching almost to the the singular carrot in a window. (laughs) The Omega Carrot. Oh, okay. And then this one's pretty great. Then we just have um, this chapter called Other Miraculous Healings. And the one I really liked from this was Healings by um, healed, healed by Lightning. Let's see. So there's someone that was healed by alien um, lightning that had multiple sclerosis. That's the opening. And then they go, as it turns out, many people have been healed as a result of lightning. The cases are surprisingly numerous and have been well documented throughout history. Have they? Well, yes, <laughs> they have. Okay. In nineteen, se- oh, sorry, in seventeen seventy-six, Miss Wynne of Dublin, Ireland, was facing possible surgery for a large tumor in her left breast. Wynne returned to her home. Lightning struck her home and went through Wynne's body, knocking her unconscious. Two days later, an examination revealed a softening and shrinking of her tumor. In a few weeks, it was gone. <laughs> The new cure for cancer. Just get struck by lightning. No more chemotherapy. Oh my god. This is the funniest thing. I didn't even notice this one before. Okay. In 1806, Samuel Leffer suffered a stroke resulting in numbness, partial paralysis, vision loss, and difficulty in speaking. A few months later, he was struck by lightning, knocking him out. When he woke up, he no longer needed glasses and his skin tone improved. (laughs) 
Why couldn't the aliens with their magical lightning cure him of his partial paralysis? <laughs> he could see better. That was probably the big one. <laughs> he wanted to be fixed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Um, and then in 1822, someone uh, was cured of their... Um, his, of their asthma. So Ashley can also add that to her book of ways to cure asthma. Um, and in 1846, an anonymous black woman, age 70, was struck by lightning. I don't know why it's important that she was black, but I guess we know now. Um, lightning is racist. Gone- um, although she had gone through menopause 20 years earlier, she began to menstruate again, a condition which remained for the next three years. So... Um, I don't know how that's a healing. Um, you're supposed to go through menopause. That's a normal thing. Uh, so I don't know what to tell you. Now, if you told me that she got pregnant miraculously, then yeah, I'd be impressed. But oh, those are good. Um, in 1899, Eli Forbes, um, who had lost the use of his left arm, was struck by um, lightning. And it caused his left, left arm to strengthen. Mm. And then he could use it normally. Good for him. This sounds like superhero origin stories. This is my superhero origin story. <laughs> in 1901, a farmer in China was dealing with a litter of 11 pigs, each of whom suffered from paralysis in their hind legs. When their sty was struck by lightning, yeah, that's how you say that, locking all the piglets unconscious. Upon awakening, their hind legs moved normally. How do you confirm that? That happened 120 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> where's where's the source for this? Did you know 120 years ago a farmer had 11 pigs that were struck by lightning and cured of <laughs> whatever disease they had? <laughs> whatever some unknown disease and it was caused by aliens? <laughs> I like how aliens just kind of stopped being part of the picture now. It's just lightning. <laughs> well, shit. In 1911, Dr. C.H. Greary was struck by lightning in his home. He suffered from paralysis and it cured him. I mean, what the fuck? Why couldn't they cure that other guy? <laughs> They're very selective. As we already, as we've already seen, some people were almost brought back to life, and then some people were just left with only one working lung. So the aliens show a lot of favoritism. You know, a lot of these lightning ones cure rheumatism and loss of like limb use. <laughs> as I scroll through these and paralysis, very interesting. If I'm ever paralyzed, I guess I'll just go sit out in a lightning storm and like pray to the fucking Andromeda galaxy. Hold up a, a, a metal rod. <laughs> uh, and this guy in 1932 got rid of his, um, in Tennessee, got rid of his cancer by being struck by lightning. If you get cancer, you can get struck by lightning too, and that might help you. Apparently. Because that's more than, more than one story has been about that. Hey, it happened at least three times, but it's, it's real. <laughs> Hey man, if what's her name? 
it's not Jill. If is it Julia? Man, if that lady from California, nineteen eighty-eight, <laughs> if she saw it, then it's real. That's all I know. I believe her. <laughs> so, um, conclusion and analysis. There's only two things I really wanted to point out. So they list all the countries, and there are two with the mo- there the two most common are in Russia at fifteen. And the USA at 163. <laughs> Those are the top two. What's the what's the least? The least? Um, okay, so Switzerland has one. Okinawa. Is that not a city? Yeah, it's a J- Japanese city. Yeah, that's what I thought. What the fuck? <laughs> well, Okinawa and Japan each have one. <laughs> Hungary has one. Does that Denmark- mean Japan has one or two? Who knows? <laughs> and Okinawa's not a country, so... Oh, there was one from Afghanistan that I missed, apparently. We did read the one from the Canary Islands, though. You'd think there'd be more since there's a base near the Canary Islands in the sea. Hmm. How about Puerto Rico? How many were in Puerto Rico? Ten. So, okay, there's more going on at the Puerto Rican one, at least. So, um... And then right under that, it says the worldwide distribution of reports shows that ETs do not express a prejudice regarding who they heal, at least not based on geographical distribution. Not as we have seen, does age, race, religion, or education. You literally just showed that most of your cases are in the U.S. Like, what are you fucking talking about? (laughs) So fucking stupid. (laughs) Isn't that the joke they make in like every single, um, like, comedy alien movie it's like oh look the aliens are landing in america again you know for real um they list out every single thing cured in the book and the highest one is injuries 76 (laughs) (laughs) so what i'm saying is is that in america we're we're healed of injuries by the aliens <laughs> or if the twigs have anything to do about it i feel like like you said i think the twigs should really be writing the next like et movie the next um, movie about the alien they obviously know how they know how to write oh it's so good <laughs> these are very entertaining stories i like this a lot I had a good time. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll break this out another time and find some other good ones. Um, Our first two-parter. Favorites. Our first two-parter. I wasn't really trying to do a two-parter. I just got really caught up in um, our uh, in my stories last time. I tried to be more selective this time, and I also got this time. I got caught up in keeping up with Twigs and the yeast infection girls. So. So I guess, uh, yeah, we don't really know what we're going to do next week. I'm going to probably continue my um, UFO series. Um, I have some ideas in store for next time I do it, but we'll see. I'll see if I can find stuff for me to do next week. If not, I've got plenty, plenty, plenty. (laughs) I've been having a great time. (laughs) Very good. We'll see. We'll see when we get closer. All right. Do you have anything else to say about the alien? Is there anything you'd like to say to the aliens? Um, please heal me of all my ailments. Make me tall. <laughs> Add like four inches to my height. <laughs> um, aliens, if you could make me not fat, I'd really appreciate it. 
That's all I ask. Also, if you could cure my depression and anxiety, it would save me a lot of money. Uh, I could have asked for that, but I guess I'm stupid. I just wanted to be tall. Both Caleb and I would like to be cured of our anxiety and depression. <laughs> also, can you make grad school go by faster, please? Also, can you make me have college for free? Oh, yeah. And can you give me unlimited money? Thank you. Amen. <laughs> our very short list of demands. <laughs> All I want is to not be sad and have lots of money. Leave me alone. All I want is to never have to worry about anything ever again. Well, <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter at not underscore attic pod. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Spiffert with four Fs. And you can follow me at um, Tofu Waifu 96. Um, and I guess uh, don't forget to um, pray to our alien overlords tonight. Maybe they'll heal you of whatever ailment you have. <laughs> Maybe you'll get to have sex with them. <laughs>